Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and this is part two of Leah's story. We are delighted to have her with us. And if you were with us for part one, then you know she was raised uh, within the LDS faith, struggled through her teen years. And at the end of her story, as a single mom, um, still LDS, she says, there is an invasion of hope. And uh, <laughs> God steps in through some people. So. Wow, take us take us there. Um, tell us about how God invaded your life, pursued you. Leah just radiates an incredible joy of life and grace. And so we want to hear the reason for that. So go ahead and continue your story, Leah. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me again. You're brave. <laughs> well, <laughs> I eventually did acquiesce and, and find a nice man and uh, when I met George, it was because of some friends who were Christian, and they wanted to play matchmaker. Okay. Uh, Did they know you were LDS? Were you oh, still yes. practicing LDS? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, right. yes. And they knew he was not. But I think Marge had it in her head that if he and I got together, everything would change. But she, she was looking out for me, and she was looking out for him, and she thought, okay. well, He's a single father raising three boys alone. You're a single mom raising a boy and a girl alone. What a match made in heaven. So Marge, <laughs> Marge tricked us into meeting. She wanted me to talk to George. <laughs> she knew if I called out there, it would happen. So, and we did. Okay. And by the end of the week, we had talked several times and he decided he wanted to take me out. And we went out on our first date, found out we had a lot in common. And things clicked, and I became went from being mama two to mama five. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, so kind of a whirl, cool. Was it kind of a whirlwind courtship? Was it one of those things where once you both knew, you knew at this point? It, oh yeah, but it was. We were married. Oh, I think we we got married like four or five months later. Okay. So yeah, it was pretty fast, and uh, we were just hog crazy in love, and and with the kids and everything, and we had an agreement. I would try his church first. And if okay. after we got married, I decided it wasn't for me, then he would try my church. Oh, How's okay. that work? And I tried his church, and it was Assemblies of God, and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with the Assemblies of God people, so don't everybody get mad. But, but it, is a, it is a cultural difference from the traditional <laughs> Mormon ceremony, yes. <laughs> it was kind oh. of crazy to me. And so he said, well, okay. And, and see, George, even though his parents were devout Christian, George was kind of, well, he wasn't born again. He was just churched. And he had okay. been just about every religion known to man anyway. So what was one more in the mix, you know? So we had, <laughs> sure. hmm. we had the LDS missionaries come out, and he liked what they had to say. And, uh, you know, everything was, he was able to mm -hmm. rationalize just about anything that might have been objectionable away. So the next thing we know, everybody's getting baptized, and we're all walking along happy little campers. And okay. then, Okay, so they're in the parents. temple eventually. We do, but Mom, Mom Walker told me later that they had started praying that night that I would come to Christ. 
Okay. okay. So they automatically hit the rug and started praying. Well, in answer to their prayers, we ended up getting transferred to Florida and ended up going to the temple in Atlanta, Georgia, to be sealed as a family. I've been there. Talk about an answer to prayer, though. I mean, that's not exactly what they were yes. praying for. But God works in mysterious ways, they say. And he also has his way of doing it. Our yes. ways are not his ways. And we had to go to that temple. And I'll tell you why. Okay. My husband, I, I was fine. I was off in mental na-na land the whole time we went <laughs> through the temple. I had achieved my pinnacle. I was good to go. Yeah. My husband, on the other hand, was, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> he, said, uh, <laughs> he told me later, he said, I felt like I was going through a, a fraternity initiation. This was crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we went through when you still had to disrobe, your, take your clothes off, right. and put the shields on. Mm -hmm. okay. And so yep. he, he, he went through the whole ceremony. And, and then we got everybody sealed and everything. But we left that temple that morning and went back to our campground in Atlanta. And he leaned up against the car and he said, you can do whatever you wanted to do, but I am never doing that again, ever in my mm -hmm. life. Good wow. And I went, what? I was yeah. shocked. I was, I was still on cloud nine. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. What's going on with you? He said, put that little handshake in the I was I was crying by this time because I thought he was oh. mocking everything, and he was just he said they got awful close to my junk, and I'm going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. that's, that's pretty invasive. Yeah. yeah, he was he was very much put off by the whole thing. Well, we'll talk about this when we get home. Please don't say this around the children, okay? I was very I went into defense mode. Mm -hmm. yeah. We argued all the way home. We argued for weeks. Yeah. We came real close to breaking apart. Wow. And finally, one night he sat me down and he said, look, if you can prove to me, well, actually, first he slammed the Bible down. And he said, if you can prove to me that what we did in that temple is out of this book, I'll reconsider. Mm. By this time, he was back to drinking Mountain Dew, smoking cigarettes, and he had taken his, his temple garments off. He said, I am not wearing long johns to bed every night. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. That was his. He went boom, boom in terms of Mormonism. He said, you know, if you want me to go to yeah. church with you, I will. But I'd really rather not. I want to go where I feel comfortable. Wow. And it would just so happen. It would just so happen that the closest church to where we were stationed was the Southern Baptist Church, not even a half a mile away. So that's where he wanted to go. And okay. I said, Okay, okay, I'll go with you. But we got to talk to the bishop. You know, it's like talking to the wizard. When you, <laughs> yes. yep. when, uh -huh. when you don't have the answers for your courage, your heart, and your brains, you go to the bishop, right? And I, I really wanted the bishop to try and talk him into changing his mind. And all the bishop would say was, well, you need to read the Book of Mormon, George. Yeah. And oh, I guess wow. about three nights later, I come home from, you know, a meeting and I'm looking at him. And he's laying there with a book of Mormon on his chest, reading the book of Ether. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, you're reading it. He goes, yeah, now I know what I call it, Ether. I went to sleep <laughs> in under five minutes. He says, never mind, honey. It just doesn't work for me. You know, okay. So we kind of quit arguing. But okay. by this time, I had decided I was going to prove it to him. And I was hitting libraries, uh, university library there in, in Florida, a few okay. other uh, places. And I... I couldn't find anything that supported the LDS temple ceremony 
as being any way, shape, or form related to the biblical temple ceremonies oh, yes. or anything. It just well, wasn't there. Right. If only I could look. <laughs> and, and I'm going, hmm. You know, so I'm trying to shove that aside. But in the meantime, the Lord brings this Christian woman into my life, courtesy of Avon products. Okay. And she happened to be my, my lady that was over me for our district. So I had to meet with her every week. And uh, every week I had been trying over that year or so to convince her to become LDS. In the meantime, she's pulling questions at me. So yeah. one day I, I did oh, she said, I, she was giving me this thing about God and the Mormon and, you know, telling me what the Bible's teaching. And I said, okay, okay, wait a minute, Cheryl, me God as you God. We got the same God. And she goes, I love you, but no, we don't. Oh, I wow. have a different God. My God is the God of the Bible. Oh, I don't know God for a Christian with the courage, so, right? Well, she challenged me, Lynn. Yeah. She challenged me. She said, I'll tell you what. Here, here we go again. You prove to me that the God that you believe in as, an, as a Mormon is the same as the God of the Bible. You prove that to me. Hmm. Well, I, as a Mormon, I didn't really know my Bible that well, not surprisingly. Right. And I, even though I took studies at seminary, I didn't really know the Bible because everything was selected for you to study. You couldn't just open it up and just read it. I, well, you could, but in terms of deep study, it was taught to you. It was selected for you. Very scripted. Yes. Church extremely scripted. Yeah. Very scripted. And, you know, when I taught seminary, I was actually threatened by the bishop not to leave the manual or yeah. they would immediately let me go. Uh, well, I taught I taught teenagers in the LDS church, and we were told, stick to the manual, stick to the manual. Those yeah. are inspired by our readers, stick to the manual. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so anyway, what do you start to so, find? Well, I went home, and I made myself a chart. You know, if you're a Mormon, you're going to have a chart for everything. And I had mm -hmm. Bible, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price. And okay. I went through and looked up all the references to God from each book. Oh and then my gosh, I love it. Wow. And I'm comparing these and I'm going, holy crapazoid, something is <laughs> right here. <laughs> First oh. of all, the Mormon ones don't reconcile, let alone. <laughs> well, that was the thing, is that I'm looking at all the New Testaments on the same in the same column and I'm going, okay, yeah, I see this, mm -hmm. but 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 you know, and I'm looking at it, and I started getting this intense, I don't know, I don't know if it's well, I guess it was a sense of fear because I'm scared. I'm going, why isn't, yeah. what's going on here? Why is this making sense? So yeah. I, called, <laughs> I called Cheryl up and I said, Cheryl, Cheryl, help me, help me. And I told her what was going on. She said, calm down, just calm down. Come on over, come on over. So I went over to her house and I sat there and I told her what was going on. And she said, okay, let me get this straight. Let's see if we can figure this out. You've got one book with 40 authors spanning thousands of years. And it's all in agreement as the nature of God. You've got three books yeah. written by one guy spanning a very short time period, and he doesn't even agree with himself. None of them agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I looked at her and I said, Well, you put it that way, it makes this over here sound really bad. <laughs> and she said, It is really bad, Leah. You need to seriously consider what it is you're seeing. Calm yeah. down. Try to relax and think through it. I know you're a thinker. Think through it. So I came back home, and for the next few days, I was kind of insecure about some things. I went and talked with the pastor of the church that, by this time, I had gone to a few times. Anyway, I sat there, and I, I was telling him about some of my confusions and everything. 
And he told me, he said, you know, and I told, and then all of the stuff came out about the abuse and everything. Um, and I remember him sitting there and looking at me and he said, you know, if none of this had ever been part of your life, if you had always been living a perfect life and no abuse, no Mormon church, no nothing, it wouldn't matter because you would still need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm. Your life can be really bad. Your life can be really good, but you still need Jesus. Oh, what a great answer. So wow. I'm sitting, well, he had asked me, he said, would you like to do that? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't ready yet. I was still really confused. And so I, I went back home and, and just did, kept it kind of to myself because I really didn't want any pressure from my husband. Yeah. Yep. And I remember that night, the cable went out. We had cable back then. And when cable went out, you had three channels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in NBC, CBS, and NBC. Yep. Well, actually, no, we didn't even have those when the cable went out in Pensacola. Oh. It was all local channels. Oh, okay. and, uh, and this was back in the dinosaur days. That and sounds like God to me. It, it yeah. is. And guess what was on TV at the time? All three channels were doing Billy Graham Crusades. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. So, I'm, so. Flipping, I'm, flipping, I'm flipping between the three channels, hoping something will show up and nothing else is. And about that time, our middle son, Joseph, by this time, I should say that uh, four out of five kids had already received Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, oh through Sunday school, and, through the Southern Baptist influence? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And their friends. They had some Christian friends. Okay. Joseph comes downstairs. And he's how old? And he looks, oh, at this time, Joseph was, I think, about mm, nine, ten, okay, somewhere there, yep. maybe a little bit older. Anyway, he comes downstairs. It's like one in the morning, and he's looking at me. He said, Mom, go to bed. I went, I will, Joseph. He goes, why don't you just ask Jesus to be your Savior? I'm going to bed. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, Joe. Yeah. Wow. Now, I, I, unfortunately, I've had to skip a lot of stuff that went on in between all this, but I went outside that night, and I knew that what I was missing wasn't another religion. It was a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so by this time, I had read enough. I had been reading about all these different religions, but I had read enough. I had heard enough. I had seen enough. I had been witnessed to by my, my in-laws, by the people at this church, people that were Christians in my neighborhood, Cheryl and others. I had had enough influence that I, all, I knew what I had to do. And I prayed that night. I'm standing out there on the on the front patio looking up at the stars. Nice, warm, breezy Pensacola night. And I prayed Jesus of the Bible, Jesus. I, I got specific because I had heard about Jesus all my life. And I realized through the study and through everything else that I did not have the same Jesus that the Bible presented. Just like I knew I didn't have the same God. And yeah. so I prayed Jesus of the Bible. I ask that you'll forgive me for going in the wrong direction. I ask that you will be my Lord and my Savior. And it was just a simple little thing. It was the best communication I could give. I was kind of parroting what I'd heard on the Billy Graham crusade. I realized that, but it was heartfelt. Yeah. And that night, for the first time in my life, I felt a gigantic weight off my shoulders. It was just like, wow. okay, it's all cleared up. I was going to face some tr some trials after that. Um, I had gone through a lot of uh, stuff involving my father. And um, I was very blessed to have a godly father-in-law who said that, you know, if my dad 
rejected me for confronting him with the sexual abuse, that he would step in and he'd be my dad. Mm -hmm. He said, I always think of myself as your dad anyway. So, um, but I I wanted to have a reconciliation with my own father. Yeah. So I went up to see him. Um, He had had some surgery and I went up to see him and, and talk with him after his surgery. And it was an amazing moment because I had a chance to witness to my father. He, he had carried the guilt all those years, even though he had stopped the abuse Mm. and got counseling for his sexual addiction. He carried that guilt and it manifests itself in in a number of ways. He had ticks all the time where his head would do this, you know, Um, he had nervous hands all the time. And so we sat there alone. He kind of chased everyone out of the house. And he and I sat there talking to each other and I asked him, why, why did you do that? And he said, the only answer I can give you is that I was very selfish. I didn't stop to think about how it would affect you and your sister. Mm. I just did what I wanted to do. And, you know, interestingly enough, that was a good enough answer for me. And probably the most correct answer there is when you cut through everything else, he cut right to the heart of it. Selfishness. Yeah. And he was honest, which how many people get yeah. that from but their, that's Jesus, in their lifetime? That's a Jesus thing, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. Yeah. Jesus yeah. put it on him to be honest with me. Yeah. And we sat there and he said, I, I know you can forgive me, can you? And I said, I already have. But I'm not yeah. the one that you really need to be asking for forgiveness. Uh, remember, too, I'm a brand new Christian, but I don't know. The Lord changes you to where... Yeah. You don't think the old way. Yeah. And I told him, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. So we sat there and prayed while he prayed and asked Jesus' forgiveness for what he did to us. And then he asked Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. A couple of months later, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he lived for almost a year with pancreatic cancer, even after going through chemo. I know that his prayer was genuine because he drove my mother nuts. Mom was still very ardently LDS. And dad wow. would lay there and say, turn on Billy Graham. No, I don't want the Book of Mormon. I, I want to read the Bible again. The wow. spirit of the true Jesus was in him telling him, absorb this, absorb it, absorb it. He was like a sponge for the word of God. Mm. Yep. And, my and that's, that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Man, you can't oh, yeah. fake that. You can't manufacture that. It's the change that comes about when your life gets invaded by grace. My mom was going nuts because dad was like this. And, you know, so when he passed away, they did a Mormon thing. They did the Mormon funeral. They did the Mormon headstone, the burial thing and everything else. And I went to it because I had initiated that. Now, Leah, you had said something, I think, in the first episode. You kind of left a teaser saying you'd asked your father a question about a connection between the LDS church and the abuse. Is that something you're willing to share with us, that question? Yeah, actually, I think I am, because I think it may help other people who've been through abuse, especially the ladies. Mm. One of the questions I asked my dad, uh, you know, when I was going through the why thing, and he said selfishness, I said, Dad, didn't it ever dawn on you that this is actually the wrong thing to be doing? I mean, the church teaches that you shouldn't be having sex outside of marriage. And I remember him sitting there going, yeah, and Joseph Smith made sure he married everyone he had sex with all, all 14 or 20 of them or whatever it was. Mm. And I went, okay. And he said, but there's something else you should know. Your heavenly father had sex with his daughter too. I went, what Mary? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had never, ever, I had heard it. I had, I had heard God has a body as tangible as man's, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. God, as tangible as man's. Yeah. We believe that. We believe that Jesus was the offspring of Mary. But we never stopped to think and, and that he was begotten. We never said the Holy Spirit begotten by the Father. No, he was, yeah, he was begotten and conceived in the same it way that never, human. In the usual are. way. It never clicked with me as a Mormon. Never clicked with me as a Mormon, ever. Mm. And yet my dad sits there and says this. I said, Daddy, did you think that made it okay? And he goes, well, I figured God wouldn't get mad at me. He did it. But see, wow. he never really blamed the church for it. Yeah. He, he said it was his thinking. He didn't think it was the church. He said nobody in the church ever told him this. It was just the conclusion he drew. And he said it was how he justified doing something he shouldn't have done. Well, I, I know a woman by the name of Vicki who has left the LDS church and, and come to the true Jesus. And she said her father used to put his temple recommend next to the bed when he had sex with her and used to literally say to her, I'm not doing anything with my special daughter that Heavenly Father didn't do with his. Yeah, my father yeah. never said that. You know, it wasn't that kind of yeah. grooming. I don't think he wanted to have that come back at him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somewhere or another, I'm not sure. He but just certainly he was thinking the same thing thinking, in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. He was thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's an awful lot of teachings in the LDS Church that can be perceived in a certain way, but yeah. actually are that. They actually are what you're right. perceiving. But if you go to your bishop or your state president or you try to present this, they'll say, No, no, no. You're you're not understanding it. It's there's a mental cartwheel that goes on. Yes. Uh, one of my brothers is, is a very intelligent man. I respect him. He's very highly intelligent. And he can do that mental cartwheel better than anybody I know. And yeah. it makes it very hard to witness to him, I'll tell you that. Right. But it, it's one of those things that you learn to do because you, in order to preserve your faith, you have to do it. You have no choice. I used to do mental cartwheels myself. Yeah. It's and not. now you don't have to. Now you right. have a simple faith. Yeah, that, um, very simple. So Leah, we're down to like just the last couple minutes of the podcast. We'd love for you to now just speak from the heart to people who are listening. And where where would you encourage them to go? How would you encourage them to process maybe their own doubts, some of the stuff they've run into? Well, I, I want to say too that um, I will say this. I do not think I was ever abused by any of the people it was after I left that the problems that <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to me. I couldn't figure out why. But I think when you first leave the LDS church, or if you're contemplating leaving, well, let me back up again. Sure. If you're in that motion, in that space where you're having doubts, okay, mm -hmm. what you need to do is find somebody who can help you put that, crystallize those doubts and help you to understand what's going on. And you uh... want to go to an unbiased source. I mentioned my friend Cheryl. Cheryl wasn't biased. Cheryl was an Avon lady. She, <laughs> she had no dog in the hunt. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Sometimes family and people you know, especially if it's a bishop or something, they're going to have they have a dog in that hunt. Yep. They want to make sure you stay where you're at. Everybody else may want you to leave. So you have to be careful where you go to. The other thing is you need to give yourself space to breathe before you make any decisions. You know, leaving is, is always a good thing, but don't just leave to go nowhere. That's like yes. jumping out of a window. 
going to go down, but and you're going to go splat, but you're not going to get anywhere. So That's what I love about you. Certainly, I'm going to assume that it's been decades, dozens oh, of years now that you've yes. been a believer, and yet look at the story that you still want to tell, right? Mm -hmm. That here yeah. you find peace, here you find forgiveness, here you find truth, here you find consistency, right? And here you have something that can transform your life so that all of your life, you're committed to it, you're loving this man and he's real in your life and i can see that in you and it's wonderful after all this time for you to go back and visit what he's done thank you so much for doing that for us and i have a message to christians do not wait to open your mouth please 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 have these conversations Liz. you want to say that too well, that's the whole thing is that I think a lot of Christians are afraid to open their mouths. They don't want to offend anybody. They're afraid they don't know how to talk to the person. Cheryl was not a theologian. My, my in-laws were not theologians. You don't have to be Dr. D. James Kennedy to present the gospel. <laughs> yes. and you, you can share with the person, you know, and, and encourage them to seek answers. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I used the word challenge, but I felt encouraged too. Um, yeah. I also think that if you're a person who is in that transition period where you want something in your life, but you, you've left Mormonism and religion is kind of eek to you right now. I yeah. understand that too, okay? Religion is not what you need. Now, fellowship right. with other Christians is what you need, but first you gotta be a Christian to fellowship with other Christians. You're looking for a person. Amen. You're looking for the person of Jesus Christ. If yes. it's all about religion to you, you're looking in the wrong direction. Hmm. Wow. Well, hey, that is a, a way great to place yeah, to wrap it up. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for sharing so candidly and openly with us and just showing the love of Jesus so transparently. Pray you've been blessed by another Unveiling Grace podcast. Grace and peace to you. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.